Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Solace in the City. I'm Zoe, and today I'm with Haley Grove, who is a dancer who I actually went to summer camp with about like 12 years ago or something wild. I can't believe it was that long ago. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to record with you. Um, so why don't you just start with like introducing yourself, where are you from, where to go to school, etc. Awesome. So my name is Haley. You said that. Um, I'm from Somerville, Massachusetts, which is like right outside Boston. Yeah, it's right in your tops. Yeah, I actually live like on the same street as Tufts. Really? My sister goes to college there. Oh, it's it's a good school. My dad went there for his master's. But yeah, so I grew up in Somerville, um, and my mom is a dancer, and my dad is a science teacher slash saxophone player. So it's a very artistic family. Um, My mom teaches dance, so. I was lucky enough to be able to be in her classes, like, since I could walk, I guess. Like, I was just sitting in the room while she was teaching before I could actually take the class. So dance has always been a big part of my life, and music and all of that. So I danced, like, all through middle school and high school. I went to, like, a performing arts high school, um, Cambridge School of Weston. And then I went to college, I went to Smith, um, which has a really good dance program. And then my junior year, I went to London and I studied at the Laban Conservatory of Music and Dance, which is more of a conservatory program. And then, yeah, after college, I moved to New York City uh, to do the Broadway Dance Center professional semester, which is kind of like a, I guess you could say it's a little bit of like a master's program. It was really just like you take, um, well, at the time when I did it, it was 12 classes a week. Like hour and a half dance classes, and then we'd have like mock auditions, learning a lot about the industry and all of that kind of dance stuff. And then ever since then, I've been here. That was in 2014 is when I moved to the city. So in January, so it's like almost what is that? Six years? Five years? Six years? Well, yeah. What year is it now? Yeah, and since then, I've just been living in the city, dancing, working auditioning trying to survive <laughs> aren't we all um so smith is an all-girls school right yeah how was that um it was, it was like i think it was it was great um it was a little difficult for dance just because you don't get to do like a lot of the partnering stuff mm-hmm. but luckily oh, because of the five college like Amherst, UMass, all the dance programs are connected. Okay. So we did get to see like other people and there's like other guys and stuff who take class at Smith, but it was it was a really good school. It kind of made me feel a little bit like Hogwarts a little bit yeah. because you have your houses, there's a lot of really nice traditions and there's so many like super powerful, intense women who yeah. go there. So it's like, it was it's a bit intimidating sometimes because people are like, it, I feel like it's like a school of Hermione's. Like everyone, <laughs> everyone who goes there is so excellent at what they do. And then it's like a really powerful, inspiring energy just being on the campus. So yeah, that was really fun. I have a lot of really good friends who I still keep in touch with. That's cool. And then when you were in London, what was that like? That was really different for me because that was like a conservatory program. So it was like all dance all the time, barely any academic work, which Smith is like very academic. Um, but I think when I was in London, that was when I really first realized that dance could be what I do with my life. Mm-hmm. I've always wanted to be a dancer, but I think 
it took a little bit more to realize, like, no, you can actually do this. It's not just, like, a passion. It's yeah. what you're good at. Like, you can pursue this profession. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so when you moved to New York, did you have, like, any expectations coming in as far as what life would be like in New York and what, the, or what dance would be like in the city? Yeah, I actually, I didn't really want to move to New York. I wanted to stay in London, but because of the visas and stuff, mm-hmm. that's so hard. Um, yeah, I had a few friends who went to college here, so I visited, and I knew that it was very intense yeah. to be in the city. Like, being from just outside Boston, like, Boston's a city, but it's still pretty calm comparatively to For New sure. York. And so it wasn't like coming from the Midwest and being like, what's a subway? But... It was definitely an adjustment, and I moved here, and I didn't have an apartment yet, so oh, I was just, like, staying with my friend while we were looking at apartments with um, some other girls that, actually, one girl who I met at Middle Earth. Oh, really? Um, yeah, so it was definitely, like, a whirlwind, and especially I came right when the, the program that I did started, so it was, like, jumping right into the city, right into dancing, like, hours and hours a week, so it was exhausting. Um, and it was, it was definitely intense. I, I don't think I realized how intense it would be. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm just thinking of all the different conservatories here and you know, New York's Ballet and American Ballet Theater. Yeah, and there's so many talented people here, too. It's just like, it's the place you have to be. It's either here or L.A., really. That's so true. Did you ever feel, like, overwhelmed or, like, unwelcomed at all by, like, the community? Because it's so kind of cutthroat and... Yeah, no, there's definitely, it's, I find that just in general, not even just in the dance community, it's really hard to make friends in New York. I think because usually people move here with a purpose, it's kind of that's their focus. And then sometimes you'll make friends and connections with people, but it's not always like as solid as a connection that you might have made in school. Or yeah. I don't know if that's just like being an adult or if it's just New York. I haven't I think really it's figured that out. Yeah, yeah, because it's like, I think it's just hard to follow through with plans. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if that's something that I use to justify it. You know what I mean? Yeah, if it's, like, it's like, oh, I live so far. I don't want to go to Brooklyn to see you. Sorry. Yeah. But when realistically, it's like, in a two-mile radius. Yeah, it's like, I guess it's something I've learned a lot living here is that if it's a priority for you, you will make it happen, and that goes for other people, too, and friendships, and it's really telling just how your day goes about, what people prioritize, and if you're one of those things. And it's something that took me a while to accept because it's hard not to take things personally. And it's sometimes it's like, well, you know, they might just have something else going on. And I've done that too, where yeah, exactly. like, I want to do this thing, but then when it comes down to it, you're just like, oh, I'm going to take this subway, and then it's going to go local at night. And then yeah, exactly. you're just like, oh, next time. Yeah, it's, I think it's like definitely different than just being in like a small town where it's like easy to get around and stuff like that. <laughs> For sure. So I danced when I was like up until eighth grade pretty seriously. And mm-hmm. then throughout high school, but it was much less serious. But my time at, it was called like the Academy. Mm-hmm. Was, it was intense. It was, <laughs> yeah, it was really intense. And I don't know if you had a similar experience, but my teachers were like not all nice. Um, and they definitely looked up to that like black swan teri- mm-hmm. a stereotype of like, 
yelling at you for, you know, having your butt out and not tucking your popo in and things like that. Um, But did you ever experience anything like this? Yeah, it's, there's definitely different types of teachers that I've come across. Luckily, a lot of the teachers that I have grown up were really nurturing and really loving. And it wasn't really as intense as like the, like, super Russian style ballet where they're like hitting you. But I've had (laughs) teachers before, like, it's more like, you know, it's from love. I've had like a teacher take my shirt off and like put it over my face and like make me do like turns and like one of my ballet teachers that I took a lot here she would like come over and like hit me with my butt or something like that but it was never like one of those really intense things like where it's like scary it's always like they're kind of joking but they're like come on like I know you can do better so but I have heard a lot of stories but luckily not in New York I haven't really experienced any like really mean teachers I have had um definitely heard stories and experienced things about like people talking about weight and it's this weird kind of balance of how people talk about it sometimes Mm -hmm. like they I think nowadays people know it's not okay to say you need to lose weight you're fat you can't dance because of course any body can dance and like so like old school of that but yeah. I have had experiences where in the program that I did like there was a girl who they just flat out told her she had to lose 10 pounds or you know like an agent wouldn't sign her if she, if she didn't have that or like you need to tone up or you know so it's definitely a thing that's an issue that is like completely irrelevant towards your dancing ability it's like it kind of industry of what you think Mm -hmm. that people talk it's not as blatant as I think it used to be but there's still undertones of like yeah I think one thing that's really hard with ballet especially is that so much of it is tradition yeah so it's like especially those teachers who you know grew up with like um like Tchaikovsky and like whatnot like yeah even though it's that balance between well like it's tradition to have all dancers be the same height and the same weight whereas it's like in a world now where everything's acceptable and yeah you can be like whatever size and still be an incredible dancer it's hard because I feel like sometimes people say that they don't look at size or they don't look at height or they don't look at but from my experience that is genuinely a really big part of the casting process and like They'll hire people because they need to fit a costume and they can't make a new costume. So, and I know I've heard horror stories of my friends who work on cruise ships who, like, they have to do weigh-ins and stuff. And if you you gain or lose a certain amount of weight, then you'll you'll be penalized. Or Luckily, I haven't had that personally happen to me, but I've I've definitely heard stories of, like, that kind of black swan intensity type stuff, which is not best did anything like this ever affect your mental health or like the mental health of your friends who experienced it yeah definitely I mean it's so hard to like they say you have to remove yourself from it but it's so hard not to judge yourself and compare yourself constantly Mm -hmm. to your friends and you know you see people booking jobs and you're happy for them but then it's also like oh, I wish I could do that. And it's kind of this weird balance that you have to find. And, and I definitely know people who 
were really good at separating themselves as a person from the industry. And then I've also seen people who really let it get to them and, and they get really down. And sometimes it's also like you just burn out. Yeah. Because it's like this so constant much. comparison and constant looking at yourself in a mirror and judging yourself and trying to get better. It's, it's not like a like a job where you you know how to do the task and then you do it and like like writing an email like you once you learn how to write an email and you have good grammar and that like you're pretty set but it's like for dance you're always you can always do better yeah you can always do better so I've seen some people where that just really messes with their head and, and sometimes they even quit or take a long break yeah I was I was reading this article the other day um it was in dance magazine and it was talking about how there's a lack of um, supportive mental health resources mm-hmm. in the dance community. Like, yeah, definitely. Did you, did you find that? I yeah, I would think that, and I think it's also something that people sometimes are ashamed to talk about. For sure, and, it's, there's such a stigma. Yeah, and it's and you don't want to appear like jealous of your friend or jealous of other opportunities. And, and I think you know, it's people and just in general in the world. I think they think of any sort of mental like depression or anxiety or anything that's a sign of weakness and so especially in this culture where you have to be especially for dance like posting on instagram that's like your visual resume you have to portray this impressive life and seem like you're really on top of it because people get jobs from their instagram that's so crazy i didn't even think about that oh it's like i've heard stories of people not getting jobs because they didn't have enough followers or I've gone to auditions where I have to put my Instagram and like how many followers I have on there. So it's like modeling. Yeah. And it's like, it's free marketing for yeah. them if, if someone has a lot of Instagram followers, I guess. So, and so, but like so much pressure is put on portraying this perfect life that if you then realize you're not actually doing okay, it doesn't feel like you really have the space sometimes to share that with people and, and to be honest about that because you have to be like, 100% happy and living your dream life on the internet. So I think that that really messes with people too. Yeah, that's so wild to think about because, and yeah, although there's, you know, there's been a lot of progress since, let's say, the 90s with some of the great ball- famous ballerinas yeah. as far as what you have to look like. They didn't have the pressure of being looked at 24-7, like, accessed by anyone at anywhere at any time and a lot of that is also like it used to be what you saw out in the world was the finished product but because up-and-coming dancers and, and people are posting you have to be social and involved in the world that you're seeing kind of the work in progress and judging yourself and judging other people based on your growth and what you're working on instead of an actual finished product that might be you know, like back in the day, the best dancers, you didn't see them coming up and messing up in class. Like the people in class might have seen it, but it wasn't posted for the whole world true. to see. So if someone posts something where they're doing like eight pirouettes, but someone else in falls. the background is like bad. And like I've seen that. That's happened to me. Like there would be videos from class where I was like, oh gosh, I look so bad. I would never post that. And someone else in my group would post it on their Instagram and they're like, oh gosh, like I don't want that image of me being out there because it's like not me at my best. Yeah. But is Do people do that ever like maliciously? I don't, I haven't come across that. Like there's been like a funny meme 
groups of dance, like meme accounts and stuff, or sometimes people will make fun of other people, which is also really messed up. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, I, and I've known of people to like share videos of other people on Instagram and DM people and be like, look how crazy they look and what's going on. So it's, it kind of brings it back to that middle school kind of bullying vibe a little bit, but I don't think it's like super common, luckily not in my circle of people that I interact with, but it's definitely something that happens. But I wouldn't say that people post just to be just to like point out. Yeah. I think people definitely share videos and have opinions. I mean everyone has opinions on art, but mm-hmm. but it's a lot easier to share when there's exactly. social media. Especially when you're behind a screen and there's yeah. no repercussions. That's wild. Did yeah. um have you ever been injured? Oh yeah, I'm like injured right now. Oh really? <laughs> I'm always injured. I think I have like bad luck, but um, yeah, right now I'm dealing with kind of some weakness in my knee and my foot. Luckily, nothing was fractured or torn or anything. So I'm actually going to PT at Harkness Center, which is like PT, and they're focused on dancers, which is really a good resource if anyone is a dancer listening. Definitely check out the Harkness Center. Um, but yeah, I. So I work at a dance studio to pay my bills because you can't always be making enough money to survive Mm -hmm. doing dance jobs. Um, And recently I've just started running the office and behind the scenes stuff. So I haven't been able to take as many classes as I normally do. And because I'm not dancing as much, that's when I get injured somehow. So it's like because of muscle weaknesses and stuff, then that is making my knee not line up properly and all of that stuff so it's those are two injuries that I'm dealing with right now which is strangely because I'm not dancing as much as I used to yeah your body's just like adjusting to something new yeah one thing I also read with was that injury and it makes sense but is like the most common reason for an onset of depression within dancers for sure yeah because you know you're like not doing something you love and you don't have those endorphins anymore and yeah. frustration and I think for a lot of dancers and at least personally for myself dance and moving my body I think because it's something that I've done for so long it feels like that's my therapy is mm-hmm. like being able to move my body and express myself in ways that maybe I wouldn't feel comfortable speaking out loud and so I've even had times where I'm like I feel so crazy and I don't know why it's just you feel so off and then you go take a dance class and you're like like everything has released and you're like oh my goodness this is why I felt crazy for the last three days because I didn't take class and so when you get injured and regardless of if you're making your living from moving your body just not being able to move when you're so used to being able to move I've seen a lot of people get really depressed and it's really scary are there any resources offered when to people who are injured like I don't like I can't list any sort of thing or like besides I guess just general therapy that people would go to but I think it's also really hard with insurance for dancers because unless you're 26 um, and you're on your parents insurance and then maybe it might be a little easier but as a freelance dancer you don't get benefits so like my insurance I this year I have to pay, this is almost $400 a month just for my insurance. And it still isn't even the best insurance. So it's really limiting to what you can go get 
like help with and stuff like that. So it's it's really scary. A lot of people I know don't like go to the doctors that they should be going to or put off things because it's just the money is crazy. And it's it's really hard. People push themselves to their limits, I think, a lot. For sure. And that's insane considering that it is I mean you're more likely to get injured than me sitting at my desk job yeah and I'm getting insurance for like you know if I broke my foot but that's yeah. that's crazy I didn't even think about that either yeah it's it's I, mean, I think that's something that's not really spoken about or taught about like when I was in school as a dance major I don't know if it's because I didn't go to a conservatory program but we didn't really talk about the practical aspects of dance it was a lot of dance history and technique and like writing papers and critiquing stuff which is all really important but I didn't feel like I left knowing exactly how the business of dance is so that's been something that I've had to find other resources about and find teachers who have programs um, who talk about you know like all the money stuff and the networking and how to have a savings account so that, because you don't have retirement set up, you don't have any of those kind of things. So especially because we're physically using our bodies so much, eventually you're not going to be able to do what you can do as you get older, unfortunately, unless like some crazy science thing happens. Yeah. But you really have to start planning ahead, and I don't think that that's really commonly spoke about yeah, to the dance community. Yeah, it's more just like dance, 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 do your best book the tours, book the jobs, but unless you're in like an amazing company that has a PT person on on like the roster of people that work for them, it's it's really difficult to take care of yourself. But I think that's common just in New York City. From yeah. what I hear of just it's just like really intense here and like you really have to work hard to take care of yourself. Yeah, which is like ironic because it shouldn't be like work. Yeah. yeah, it should be something. And there's so that, many resources and everything. And I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm just not good at being an adult. <laughs> maybe, it's, maybe it's everywhere. Maybe it's not a New York thing. But I, I guess that's all I know. I've only ever really been an adult here. So, but it seems like it's just like really hard to be a grown up. <laughs> I don't know. Is the dance community close? I know in New York, I feel like they are. It's definitely because. I think the way New York is set up, like, versus what I've heard about in LA, because you're kind of, you might go to the studio and hang out for a bit and, you know, waste time until your next thing, because it doesn't make sense to go all the way home on the subway and go out. It's pretty easy, I think, to meet a lot of people, because the dance world is pretty small, which is a positive thing about New York. Uh, I feel like in LA, it's, it's harder to make friends in the community because it's more cutthroat and like people have cars, so they just go to class and leave right after. But yeah, it's nice that if you like, for I tend to take most of my classes at Broadway Dance Center, so if I show up and I just you know, walk into the studio, I'm probably going to see someone I know. So that's always nice to feel like it's like a home base, definitely. And do you feel like, in terms of other dancers? people because dance I feel like is one of those sports that's both like a group sport but also so individual you're being evaluated on your how you dance and also how you dance with others as opposed to as you perform as a group 
Do you find yourself to ever be kind of like lonely or anything because there's that pressure? Yeah, definitely. It's, I think it's hard because it's like I was saying before about the comparing yourself to other people, but also it's like your colleagues are also your competition kind of, Yeah. but it's, you, you shouldn't think of people as your competition because that's not going to help you. And, and it's also so individual, like you said. Like so many things are based on your hair color and your height and your skin. And, and then there's the dancing on top of it. So it's you really can't compare yourself to other people because you don't know what they're really looking for. But it, mm-hmm. it, is, it is hard because you're all fighting for the same thing. And sometimes... Um, you forget about that other people are going through the same things you are and it, it can be kind of isolating. Yeah, that's wild. What advice would you give to like other dancers to kind of push out those thoughts of like comparison? I think it's so important to have like, a really close circle of people that you trust and you can confide in, um, which I feel like as I get older, it gets smaller. I think that's just probably what happens yeah. in life but it's also important to have I think, friends who do different things than you and who like it's it's so good to have dance friends and people who understand the industry but I'd say most of my closest friends aren't dancers mm-hmm. and it's like it's good to have friends who do different things because yeah it just gets rid of the comparison and all of that stuff and I think it's important to learn more about the rest of the world so that you can create art for the rest of the world because the majority of the people who are watching dance aren't professional dancers themselves. So I think it's important to be able to connect with as many types of people as possible. And yeah, that's definitely... Having non-dancer friends I think is really important. And also like realizing that it's okay to take a break and it's okay to not be pushing and pushing and pushing yourself every day, physically and emotionally. It's a lot of work to dance and be in the city and put yourself through all of that. And I think something in New York, maybe, I don't know if it's New York. I, I guess I really don't know anything about anywhere else, but I think there's this energy in New York of like you have to hustle, you have to be doing something. If you're like sitting at home watching Netflix, you're wasting your time. And yeah, sometimes that's, so true. that's what you need. You need to just like sit with a cup of tea, turn your phone off, don't look at anyone else's stuff, and just be with yourself and mm-hmm. realize like it's okay to be with yourself. You don't have to be doing something at all times of the day. Yeah, what's that expression like? Idol is the devil's best friend or something oh, like yes. that it's not, i forget what it is but i feel like that's the motto of new york yeah. new yorkers <laughs> yeah it's like you have to always be doing something it's like and you don't actually have to be like the city that never sleeps yeah like, sleep is really important <laughs> especially for dancers yeah. like, you need to you need to get your rest um okay we're gonna take a quick break and then i want to like, ask you some questions about being on the other side of it cool. <laughs> Welcome back. Um, so now I want to yeah pick your brain a little bit about what it's like being a teacher and like being on the other side of it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so I teach at a studio on the Upper East Side, um, and it's definitely a totally different experience than um, 
maybe and even totally different than teaching at Nodal Art because I would teach dance at Nodal Art, um, which is the best game that I've ever had to go. Ever to go. Um, but yeah, it's I teach mostly the really young kids, which okay. I really love. A lot of people don't like to teach the little ones because it like they can't really do that much, and sometimes people get bored with it. But I don't know. I've always really enjoyed being around like the really young kids. So I do the pre-K classes, and then um, like all the K to first grade classes, and then I've done like some second and third grade classes too. And yeah, so the school that I teach at is all hip hop, which was something that when I first started teaching there, actually, Tramel, he is, um, he was at Metal Lake. I don't know if he was there when you were there, but sure. he started the studio. Oh, and really? So then when he found out that I was living in New York, he was starting his studio. And he, he's like a big time soul cycle guy too. So like he, he's like soul cycle famous. <laughs> People probably know him. Really? Um, they all have yeah. to be in Yeah, you should definitely interview him. He did a podcast recently. He's, he's amazing. So he started this this school with his friend, Duran. Um, and it's a really great community, and it's it's all hip-hop, and they really focus on foundations of hip-hop and age-appropriate dancing, which I see is not very common for kids. Um, and, yeah, it's been really interesting to be around this kind of younger generation who has grown up with social media and grown up in the city and seeing kids who grow up in the city and seeing the differences of how they are as humans versus how I see other kids who don't grow up in the city. I think it's really interesting to get a glimpse into that world. And then the Upper East Side is its own world <laughs> in itself, yeah. um, which obviously has its pros and cons of like anywhere. Um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. I love getting to see the kids grow and to see them get the steps and, and do that. But when I first started, I was really nervous because hip hop and street jazz. And I would never say that that is my, my main forte. I was raised doing a lot of ballet and modern and I've always done like hip hop and I love jazz, but it's not something that I would feel the most confident in. I think I feel more confident in like contemporary ballet or like more the technical forms. Um, well, hip hop is still has its technique. So that I don't want to say that's not technical, but um, it's definitely been a learning experience for me and, and it's helped me a lot with my confidence as a dancer out in the industry and then also just as a human. I think teaching is a really great way to learn yourself yeah. about yourself and about how to communicate with other people. And yeah, it's it's so awesome to see like, all their... And my favorite is like the pre-K kids because they're just so funny. Oh, and yeah, innocent. And, yeah, the four and five-year-olds are just hilarious so I really enjoy working with them and to see them grow up and then because I've been here for so long it's like we're starting to see the kids who were really little and now they're like getting to high school and it's like it's so crazy to like and it makes me I'm like I don't feel like I'm aging but they are <laughs> rapidly aging so that must mean I'm growing <laughs> but yeah it's, it's really awesome to see how are the kids different like would you say in the um, in New York, like growing up in New York City. Yeah, I think that the kids that I've experienced in New York seem much more mature mm-hmm. than kids other places. But I think also that's because of technology, maybe. And it's just kids are exposed to things everywhere way faster than that's so true. 
than we were growing up. And I can't imagine growing up and having an iPhone and TikTok, like, and they're always like, I follow so many of my kids on TikTok and they're like posting these videos with swears. And I'm like, I don't know if I should tell your parents, I don't feel comfortable. Like, why are you doing this? But yeah, it's, I think they're just exposed to so much and it's so easy to, to see so many different things, which is good for dance. I think growing up, I was only exposed to what my teachers had to teach me. Mm-hmm. And nowadays you can do an online tutorial on YouTube or see dance in China or see dance all over the world. So I think it's definitely, there's always pros and cons to everything, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of the kids that I've seen and a lot of younger dancers in the industry are just insanely amazing because they have the opportunity to see so many different things and to eat it all up like a sponge when they're younger and then they're just incredible. So it's it's definitely cool to see that, but I think it's also a little scary to see how much they're exposed to. I guess the the positive in that too is that maybe – someone who didn't have you know, the, the means to pursue dance can just watch a YouTube video. Exactly. And, yeah. It's, it's, it's so much more accessible now, which is amazing. Like, especially with like, all these like fad dances that everyone learns. It's kind of cute. Like, <laughs> oh, true. I don't know. Like we have like, the Macarena. It's not really like a fad dance, but they have all these like TikTok dances and like Fortnite moves. And I'm like, <laughs> it's so funny that, but it's, it's like dance seems like it's part of their, culture and, and I don't know if like when I was growing up dance was really that big unless you were taking classes and dancing like yeah, there weren't just like random kids at school doing these little like bopping around dances <laughs> <laughs> music and making videos of it so it's nice to see that dance is like really part of their upbringing which is cool but yeah and so I know you work mostly with like younger kids yeah. but in what ways do you like work to empower them or kind of, I guess, kind of promote, you know, positivity? Because as we talked about earlier, the dance world is so competitive and whatnot. Yeah. Um, we definitely really work hard to make sure that when we're giving corrections to the kids, it's not in a, you did this bad. It's like, let's see how we can fix this. Let's see how we can work together to make this better. Um, and even just, at least the kids that I've experienced, some of them have a lot of pressures from their parents. And it seems like New York schools are very intense and they have to apply to all their high schools yeah. and all of these tests and everything. And, and they just are always overwhelmed with schools. So we really try to make the environment of the studio a really safe place and a really, um, you know, like a kind of freedom to be who you want to be and not be so focused on like what your parents want you to be. Um, but we do have situations where there was one time, even with one of my kindergartners, I was inside the studio and there were some parents outside with some kids. And one of the girls, I guess, had said to another girl, oh, you need to lose weight. And she was five. Oh, my god! And gosh. the parent was standing right there. And instead of saying, like, so-and-so, that's not a nice that's way to talk to someone, the parent turned to the other mom and said, well, she could lose some weight. And that was the first time I experienced kind of like the stereotypical like story that you hear about, you know, the Upper East Side and stuff like that. And and I don't know if that's just in general, but 
there's definitely been some situations where if I had heard that in my classroom, it would have been a totally different conversation. But to hear that that's how, like, it is something that they experience even at a young age or, you know, it's so, they're so focused on their Instagram and their kind of stuff. Like, I see little kids acting like influencers and like doing <laughs> calls and like it's crazy to me so it, I really try to make sure that they know that you know it doesn't matter all of those things like let's just move our bodies and and, and there's been parents who who say oh well I need my kid to do some physical activity because you know they're not really the best dancer but I just want them to move because they're kind of chunky and I'm like oh my goodness, I don't speak to your kids like that. So we definitely really work hard to make sure that it's a safe environment for kids to share with us whatever's going on, especially with the older classes. They do a lot of freestyle exercises and, and they open up a lot with that. So, but it's definitely, it's it can be really crazy what they're exposed to again, like even from their parents. So. Yeah. I mean, I can only imagine considering it was started by someone from Meadowlark. Oh yeah, free to be whoever you want. Express yourself. Definitely, he definitely has those values instilled in the studio. I think the the whole like motto is uh, "Watch us dance, hear us speak." So it's a lot about really finding power in your voice and and using dance as your voice. Also, I love that. Yeah. Okay, so I usually end the podcast with a couple of deep questions because okay, (laughs) and then. I think it's a fun way to yeah um okay so the first one is what's one thing in your life that's happened to you that's made you a stronger person today well okay for sure um this happened like right before i went to metal art so i was in middle school um and i i was bullied a lot like my whole life i i cried very easily so <laughs> i'm an easy target and you know my voice is very gentle and soft and um, so I, I would be made fun of a lot um, in school, and I started to get hate mail sent to me. Uh, it was, like, through AIM, AIM or whatever. There was, like, that buddy profile from, like, the Leave Anonymous messages, which I've seen similar apps today for the kids, which kind of scares me. Um, yeah, people would send me, like, really horrible messages, and, like, I hate you at AOL.com. Like, they'd make up, like, fake emails and say they went to my school, and it got so bad that, they had to have a detective come to my house, and, and they were never able to find who did it because the server, like, refreshed or something. But um, I think in middle school, I definitely went through a long time feeling like, oh, like, no one's going to like me, like, just right off the bat. Like, no one, if I walk into the room, like, automatically, I felt like no one was ever going to like me. Um, but then when I went to metal art, it was like, I found all these amazing people, this amazing community. Um, and that was like the first time that I really felt like just being myself was okay and that people would like me regardless. So I think that it was definitely really hard and, and it definitely has stuck with me to this day of just like confidence and, and you know, that carries over to dance too. Um, but yeah, that was a really hard time. But then I'm so thankful for metal art because just the people there and the environment really changed my life. Yeah, definitely. And I think just having that kind of experience, because I was also really bullied in middle yeah. school, it just makes you appreciate everything so much more because I know the party is already, like, 
that stuff sticks with you kind of. Yeah, so that and I think that's like seeing kids in middle school that I interact with at the studio. It's like I really want to be able to be the person that I wish that I had for myself yeah. then. And, and if I ever see anyone kind of treating someone bad, it's like it's such an important time to intervene, to talk to them and let them know. Also, if you see kids who are feeling bad or upset, it's so, like, I always share, you know, sometimes middle school's not so great, but it definitely gets better and, like, everything changes, nothing stays the same forever, so it's, like, I feel like it's really important to pass that message on. Yeah, to, like, empathize with the kids. My second question is, do you believe everything happens for a reason? Hmm. I, I think yes. And I think, well, I don't know if everything happens for a reason, but I think there's definitely lessons that you can learn from everything, mm-hmm. even hard things. Like, I think I would be a completely different person if I hadn't been bullied so much in middle school. And not to say it, like, toughened me up, but it definitely made me look at people in a different way, look at myself and realize what are my values and what, who do I want to be? Do I want to just change who I am so that I'm accepted or do I want to stay and be who I really am? And if you don't like me, then that's okay. Mm-hmm. So I think that, yeah, I think even like, it's hard to say that because there's some like, you know, horrible things that happen and how can you say this happened for a reason, but I think there's definitely lessons you can learn from everything. If a crystal ball could tell you anything about yourself, your life, your future, or anything else, what would you most want to know? Ooh, that's hard. I think I just want to know that, like, I'm I'm gonna be fine. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't need to know the details. Like, if you could just give me like a color that shows, like you got this, like, just keep doing what you're doing and you'll, you'll get to where you need to be. I think that that would, <laughs> that would be good. Cause I don't know if, if I would want to know too many details. Cause then I might like, I'll get too stressed out about it. Yes. Yeah, sure that it would happen. <laughs> and I'd mess it up with <laughs> some kind of reassurances. Yeah. Good. So like, you know what? You got this. <laughs> exactly. Do you have a quote or a mantra that you live by? Like a favorite quote? Hmm. Oh, I don't know it exactly, but there's one Audrey Hepburn quote, or I don't know, it's from the internet, so who knows if yeah. she really said it. But I think it's like something about like if you want to be beautiful, if you want beautiful lips, like speak beautiful. Oh, yeah. I don't yeah. know what it is. Maybe, I don't know if you have like a show notes, so you like put it in the show notes. But something about like, like interviewing. Like, yeah, like if you want to be beautiful, like do beautiful things, kind of. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I think it's really important to just treat people the way you want to be treated. And so I try to live by that. But yeah, oh, I wish I could remember the actual quote. But it's, it's something about like beauty is like how you act towards other people. Definitely. What's your when's your birthday, by the way? February 23rd. I'm a Pisces. Pisces. So. I don't know anything about Pisces. I think we're just like people saying like emotional. Dreamy. Oh, yeah, I did know the dreamy part. Yeah. Interesting. Actually, I think I'm a friend of that birthday. Huh? Oh, sure. My last question, well, second to last question, is what do you love most about yourself? Ooh. It's so hard to 
saying things nice about yourself. Not crazy. <laughs> it is. It's, it's so like, sad, but like, it's I know. true. It's like, it's such a, it's a practice I need to get better at. Same. Like, the I'd say something that I like about myself. Love. Oh, love. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's even more intense. Okay. I think I love that. Well, this isn't really about. Oh, this is really hard. I love that I. I think I make people happy, and I think I love that 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 ability that I have to like brighten people's day, like bring them joy. So I don't know if that's that what I love about me. I guess I love my smile. Yeah, I think that that brings other people happiness. <laughs> Definitely, you you have such a contagious energy. I hope, I hope. <laughs> Definitely. Okay, my last question, which is the name of the podcast, is in one sentence, how do you find solace in the city? Mm. I find solace in the city through the people who are closest to me, the people that I know I can go to no matter what, with no judgment. So I think it's like the community. Definitely. Yeah. I, I think... I mean, community is so important. And, yeah. Okay, well, thank you so much yeah. for, thank you for having me. I hope I didn't like say ridiculous things. Who knows what I even said? <laughs> no, it's been so great to catch up and I hear about your life. But um, where can all of the listeners follow you or yes. you know, watch you dance? Yeah. <laughs> um, my Instagram is just Haley Grove, H A L E Y, no special other letters. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's Instagram is probably the best place. I have a YouTube account, but I don't really post on there. That's where I make like bath bombs and like soap and stuff. Like I have an Etsy shop as a little side thing, but I don't really have anything recent up there. But yeah, so Instagram is probably the best place to find me. And then when you're not injured, do um, you know where you'll be performing next? Or? Um, I'm in this musical that's kind of off and on at Friends at Schools for Kids that deals with a lot of um, stuff about, like, be a good person and don't judge people. Which it's, like, awesome. It takes place on the train. Um, and we're doing a new version soon, so I don't know when the shows will start. But if anyone wants to bring us to your school, like, let me know. Um, it's really it's called The Rating Game. Um, and then, oh. I keep forgetting about this. I actually am, I danced in the new Little Women movie. So that comes out on in Christmas, on Christmas Day. Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't really talk about people. I don't, I don't really talk about it with anyone. I'm really bad at self-promotion. <laughs> so a lot of people that I know don't even know that I, I did this movie. But That's like with Emma Roberts? And uh, Emma Watson, yeah. yeah. It was originally was going to be Emma Roberts. Oh. It was Emma Watson. So, yeah. Did it that, I I don't know like, how much I'm allowed to say, but I'll just say that I was. I got to be very close with her. Oh. And I, I, was, I got to hold her hand at one point, and I almost died. But oh my was, god, <laughs> real, I don't know real life Hermione. Yeah, I, I don't know if I'll even be seen in it, but it was an amazing experience. So that I guess you can see me Christmas Day in Little Women. Amazing. All right, thanks again. Of course. Bye, everyone. <laughs>